Scishow Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as <laughs> the internet science man, was opening an online store something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow, I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the the the... The part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily, (laughs) Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, Because it's a, you know. I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen this week. Joining me, as always, are Stefan Chin. Hello. How you doing? Good. What's your tag on? Ooh, mysterious peanut. No, good. (laughs) (laughs) Also joined by Sam Schultz. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. We'll talk about it a little bit later. (laughs) Okay. What's your tag on? Uh, Big dog in a little pond. Oh, whoa. <laughs> sounds nice. Yeah. Sari Riley, writer for various sciencey things, is also here. Sari, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Everybody's doing okay today. Yeah. It's very cold in the studio. <laughs> We're all bummed up. Yeah. Hank uh, has the only blanket. I have I got the blanket first. You can't have it. Uh what's your tagline? New blood, new me. Ooh. <laughs> whoa. Where'd it come from? <laughs> Where did you get it? <laughs> That's a mystery. All right. You're always making new blood. It's cool. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I am Hank Green, creator of SciShow, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my tagline is cozy little snuggle bucket. Ooh, oh, cute. Yeah. Snuggle bucket? 
I don't know what the or last bug word it. was. I think it might bug be it. bug it. You That's never a really cute know. word. Thanks. A yeah. little bug nugget. <laughs> <laughs> a little bug nugget. <laughs> so every week here on SciShow Tangents, we get together and try to one-up, amaze, and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding Hank Bucks. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging from previous conversations, we will not be great at that. So if the rest of the team decides the tangent is unworthy, we will force you to give up one of your Hank Bucks. So tangent with care. Now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with the traditional science poem. A group of drugs that invigorate the body. Some addictive, some make you go potty. <laughs> some help you focus even if you're groggy. Many are used illegally. <laughs> <laughs> Catnip, nicotine, alcohol, methamphetamine. And of course, don't forget our good friend caffeine. Placed in a drink that can give you wings. Here I go. Up, up, and away, feeling great for most of the day, until the effect starts to decay. Wait, how much do my eyelids weigh? Mm. What a nice poem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like listening to a Dr. Seuss story. Ooh. <laughs> Science. Doctor, yeah, so our, our topic for the day is, is, is stimulants and caffeine. I just finished my Coca-Cola. I am nonetheless still feeling not particularly stimulated. You look very stimulated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always am really tired after shooting SciShow. Yeah. Like mm. I shoot and even like it doesn't really matter how many episodes I do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm ready to go down now. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's so exhausting. You're throwing your all into it. I gotta put my all into it. Yeah. It's true. It is Cognitively demanding. Yeah. Hard to read that stuff so fast, probably, right? <laughs> I've never done it. You've never done it? No. Try it out. Stefan, what do you think? Do you get tired afterward? Uh, not if it's just a couple scripts. Yeah. Uh, but if I have to do any more than that. Yeah. It, it's, it's more that, like, my mouth stops working. Yeah. Mm. It's weird. My tongue gets sore. Yeah. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Why is my tongue tired? Yeah. And everything dries out. Everything Ugh. dries out. Mostly my mouth. Yeah. So the topic is stimulants. Sari, do you know what those are? Yeah, they're like a very broad category of things, which I don't know. I thought was interesting. Yeah. We don't have one key example of a stimulant, but basically they're chemicals that interact with the biology in your body, usually some sort of receptor that binds to a neurotransmitter normally and causes you to be more active or awake or alert or any mm. number of those. Yeah, and those are good additives. things. We would all like to be more active, awake, and alert. So they make your brain be good, be something, <laughs> be but fast. they all do it in different ways. Yes. They don't all do it in the same way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, like, so they really aren't. It's like a weird umbrella term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like okay. caffeine, for example, acts differently than a lot of other stimulants. I think a lot mm. of stimulants interact with, I want to say, dopamine pathways. Mm -hmm. um, and like the reward systems in your brain. So mm -hmm. that's why they're addictive is because they reinforce, they like give you energy and then reinforce that behavior because it's whatever neurotransmitters are involved in feeling good and feeling pleasure in addition to feeling alert. Mm -hmm. And everything is super inter interconnected, so it's right. hard to untangle these things. Yeah. But caffeine specifically interacts with adenosine receptors, and adenosine is a neurotransmitter that affects like how drowsy you feel. Mm -hmm. And so caffeine is an antagonist to that. So it binds to the receptor in some way, which blocks the binding of adenosine. Oh, and so it keeps uh. you awake that way. So it doesn't so much uh, stimulate me as prevent me from feeling drowsy. Yeah. It's failing. 
at that <laughs> at the moment. The adenosine we'll already see, got there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the, the adenosine was already bound. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, it's already competed the caffeine out of the way. Aren't coffee naps a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, coffee naps are better than coffee or naps alone. Um, so I think it's when you have some co- some caffeine and then you go to sleep immediately. And then you sleep for 20 minutes or less. And then That's you wake your coffee up feeling now. real good. So if you guys are cool with it, you just do the rest of the podcast for 20 minutes. I'll be back. I'm just going to just lean over, get my pizza jump blanket up, up to my chin. We should have nap pods But is it here. a Coca-Cola nap or is it just a coffee nap? It's is probably it like too the... late. It's too late. Yeah. I, ha- I finished it like... Like 15 minutes ago. I wonder if the sugar would mess up your nap too somehow. Yeah, Ugh. like different. Seems like chem- an impure coffee nap. <laughs> That's good Painted. sugar though. Yeah. It takes about 20 minutes for caffeine to hit your brain. That's pretty fast. Oh, I think that seems like a long time. I feel like when I drink coffee, I must just have been drinking it for so long that I'm just like, I'll feel better soon. So I feel better now. Mm, Is that well, a real, that's a real thing, right? It's also possible yeah. that sure. smelling the coffee has some of the effect Right. Of drinking it's, the coffee. Yeah, you've got you've got sort of like Pavloved into into getting yeah. stimulated. Yeah. It's okay. like I'm I've you know, you rang the bell and I'm drooling, I smell the coffee and I'm awake. Mm-hmm. Coffee is a wonderful smell. It I is. hate it. Really? What? I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. You never even tasted it? Oh my god. I one well, time if you don't like the smell of coffee, you definitely don't like the taste. I don't think it tastes like how it smells. It t- no, smells it better than it tastes yes. by a long shot. Yeah. yeah. But maybe if you don't like the smell, you would like the taste. Maybe I so one time I ordered a hot chocolate from Starbucks and they gave me a mocha instead and it tasted bad. <gasps> oh, you didn't like so a mocha. Good though. So wow. <laughs> she didn't like There's a mocha. No help right <laughs> Mochas are coffee for people who like coffee but don't like to drink coffee. So, yeah. I think it's a no for me. Coffee's the best. And now, my friends, it's time for... One of our panelists has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment, but only one of those facts is real. And the rest of us have to figure out by wild guess or deduction which fact is true. And if you do, you get a Hank Buck. If you don't, then Sam, who is our presenter this week, will get the Hank Buck. Sam, hit us with three caffeine-slash-stimulant-related Science facts. Okay. Here in America, we are living in a time when coffee is viewed by some to be the vital lifeblood of our nation. Oh. Keeping uh, our country's overworked uh, employees working through their double shifts and their overtime. But that has not always been the case. Throughout history, there have been times when people have tried to ban coffee <gasps> because they thought it was bad for the brain and other things. Sure, it does so, give you headaches. which of these pseudo-scientific attempts to destroy coffee's good name are real? Wow. <clears throat> French wine dealers in the 1700s, afraid of the toll coffee consumption was taking on their businesses, spread a questionable study that coffee consumption suppressed sexual urges. <laughs> Number okay. two. In the 1700s, the king of Sweden read a report that coffee was a potentially a deadly poison, so he had it banned from the kingdom and began testing the effects of coffee on his prisoners. And number three. <laughs> and they were like, actually, in, and he just had a Starbucks installed in the basement. In the 16th century, dogs were given coffee as part of a study put on by the Catholic Church to show that it made them paranoid, violent, and conspiratorial. And this was used... And this What's was used, conspiratorial dog, Sam? And this was used as evidence that there should be a ban on coffee because it was a potential catalyst for social unrest. Well, I mean, the Catholic Church in the 15th century was very worried about social unrest. Mm-hmm. So that's legitimate. I don't know if we had coffee then, 15th century, you said? You can't look at me while you're saying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, can uh-huh. anybody describe a conspiratorial dog to me? I feel like it's if you took a pack of hunting dogs okay. and then the, instead of following you, they like huddled up together and like barked right. at each other uh-huh. and then hit around corners or ran away from you. That's cute. Stanford. I like it. Very yeah. good Looney Tunes episode. Yeah. Uh, just put a bunch of coffee in their, their dishes and they're just like, and then they turn into people who hate the Catholic Church. Uh, okay. I like that one because I know that that's something the Catholic Church would do. Yeah, that's, it sounds the most real to me. Yeah. For that time period. I'm like, of course they would think dogs are like creating social unrest. <laughs> The French wine one also sounds real, though, because if you wanted to scare people away from drinking something, impotence is the yeah, way to do it historically. One, yeah, especially, yeah and, and I'm sure that like French wine people were very, very interested in exerting their dominance over the drink market. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if studies were a thing. Right. Studies is a little bit of a weird word, but I think, you know, like using... Like, obviously, science didn't exist as a thing back then. But one of these is true. Yeah. So, uh, but one one of them doesn't have the word studies. It has the word rumors, right? (laughs) Well, what was the Swedish king one? It was... Oh, he was just testing it on his basement people. On his prisoners. (laughs) But he didn't do it based on He read a report. He read a report. Mm. Mm. I bet. Well, I don't know. We didn't have isolated caffeine. Isolated caffeine would possibly kill someone. I don't think you can just die Ooh. from drinking the amount that would be in. Right. You couldn't el- fit enough coffee inside of you to overdose on caffeine. Yeah. So I I don't think someone would be poisoned. No, but he way. didn't say that they were. He just said they were testing. No, because he was afraid yeah. that it was poisonous. Oh, everybody's afraid of things. <laughs> <laughs> They're afraid of non-dangerous things all the time. That's uh-huh. true. I- and we have science now and we're still afraid of everything. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. It's true. We're afraid of lots of things that science is like, that's okay. Yeah. People are still like, no, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go, I feel, I'm feeling actually pretty good about giving coffee to your prisoners. I Ooh. like that one because I'm wondering if they also got biscottis. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And discussed philosophy. Yeah. They just were there down there and they just <laughs> suddenly became very sophisticated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the dogs. Conspiratorial dogs. Yeah. I'm in on the prisoners too. Oh, double right. prisoners! You ready? You two get Hank books. We get <laughs> uh, so King Gustav III of Sweden read a French sci- uh, French doctor's paper that said that coffee could shorten a man's life, and he kind of overreacted, and he banned coffee. He banned like coffee pots and everything from from coffee Sweden. pots. He banned any I kind you of said coffee pods for a second, and I was like, they yeah. have curry. Yeah, well, <laughs> is curry a Swedish word? They probably have been like sitting it. on that technology for a long time. I, I have just... a tangent about Keurigs, though. Oh, uh, <laughs> the guy who invented them almost died of caffeine poisoning oh, because what? he was drinking. Between 25 to 30 oh. cups a day. And he went into the doctors because he was having heart palpitations and I like mean, weird uh, headaches. The and the doctors like did all these tests. And eventually they just started asking him questions about his life. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Da, da, da. How many cups of coffee are you drinking per day? This idiot was drinking like so many. 20, okay. 30. Yeah. I appreciate his commitment to ensuring the quality of his product. <laughs> I, you know, I, I also, if anybody's going to drink 30 cups of coffee a day, it should be that guy. But that's the first thing you say when you get to the hospital. Yeah. Hello, my name is Mr. Keurig. And I drink 20 or 30 cups of coffee a day. I don't feel good. <laughs> 
Do you want to hear the end of my story? <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, so he overreacted about this. He had coffee banned in Sweden in 1715, and then he began trials on his, l- l- his prisoners who were imprisoned for life. Oh. Uh, he gave them three pots of coffee a day. He had his doctors give them three cups of three pots of coffee a day. Oh, that's a lot. Until they that's died. Right. Oh, geez. But the doctors <laughs> doing the experiment died of natural causes before the prisoners died. Oh. Then the <laughs> king got assassinated before the prisoners oh died. God. And he got assassinated in like the 1780s or something like that. So these prisoners were just Jeez. drinking coffee and they were feeling fine down there. Then, <laughs> But coffee was banned in Sweden until 1820. Oh my God. From that same ban. I like so nobody just thought to overturn it, I guess. That they also banned coffee pots like this is coffee paraphernalia. Yeah, that's yeah. What the, yeah exactly what it's, it's like. like, like, with some, like when banned. the cops see a bong and they're yeah. like, no, I just smoked tobacco out of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tobacco pipe. It's uh, fine. I, I was like, making tea. They weren't allowed to have. They weren't allowed to have tea either. Well, uh, that was part of also uh, part of the test. Well, a little bit of caffeine what a there. boring place. What do yeah. they drink? Beer probably. So it's probably kind of cool. <laughs> Which is kind of part of. Okay, so the French wine thing totally wrong. French wine dealers didn't really like that coffee was cutting into their business, but the French like aristocracy freaking loved coffee, so they didn't. Right. Care. Right. Um, and then the conspiratorial dog one is in, like, there were certain places where coffee was banned because people would get together and drink coffee. Mm-hmm. So it was a tool of the revolution in some government's minds, mm-hmm. and that was a reason that they would mm-hmm. ban it. Uh, and, and then one other thing is that the king of Prussia banned coffee because he thought that beer just made you, like, stronger and cooler. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is for wimps, but yeah. beer is for real men. Yeah, yeah. like, but, like... I don't usually drink beer at times when I would be drinking coffee, but I guess maybe he that's... wanted his soldiers. He literally said that everybody should wake up and drink a beer every morning because that's how he was raised and he was cool and strong. Oh man! And that everybody should be like him. Yeah, everybody should have diarrhea like him. Whoa! <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you wake up in the morning, you have a beer. Yeah, eventually you wouldn't feel so great. Probably. Yeah, I feel like my stomach would be upset by that. Yeah. All right. Well. So we got some Hankbox, Sari. It's time for us to go make some real box. Slash Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money, a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a subscription-based world out there. Video games, art-making programs, food delivery services. These things, they all have dang subscription services to subscribe to. And I don't want to cast aspersions? Dispersions? Aspersions. One of those. But it does seem like part of the subscription uh, business model is to get you to subscribe to something and then hope that you lose track of everything you subscribe to and just keep forking out 10 bucks a month until the sun Mm -hmm. burns out. And you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea on their part, but it's not such a good idea for your wallet. Your money is like a bean. (laughs) (laughs) You want to plant it in fertile soil. You don't want people carving off pieces of your bean all the time. That bean's not going to grow if if there's a constant drain on the bean. bean. That... Is where Rocket Money comes in. With Rocket Money, you can see all your subscriptions in one place, decide what you do and don't want, and cancel things with just a tap. Rocket Money will even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money. And beyond 
I mean beans. And beyond subscription canceling, <laughs> Rocket Money helps you build budgets, track your spending, and more. There's all kinds of ways to take care of those beans so they grow into a nice big bean plant. It has over 5 million users, and it helps save members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. What would you do with 720 beans? I'd buy more beans. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of bean, I guess. A, a cheaper, beans, more yeah. of a cheaper type you of bean. You buy cheaper beans with your expensive beans. <laughs> yeah, until I had an infinite amount of the cheapest bean you could possibly have. <laughs> Subscription <laughs> companies hate this one simple trick because you figured out their plot. And now you can use that money for beans instead. Stop wasting <laughs> money on things you don't use and start using money on things like beans, cancel your <laughs> unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Welcome back. Here is our totals for Hank Bucks. I'm just going to do it real quick because it made it easy for me. Everybody's got one. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Now it is time for the fact off. Two panelists bring science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. You, the presentees, each have a Hank Buck to award the fact you like the most. And who's going to go first? Let's just say it's the person who most recently had a cup of coffee, I guess. <laughs> Was it <Never>? you? <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess we've, as previously discussed. Yeah. Okay. Let's go by the person who um, slept the most last night. The person who least needs stimulants. Ooh. I went to bed at around 11 and I got up at 6.30. What? So I slept 7.30 hours. I went to bed at around 1 and got up around 7. So six hours. Everyone wakes Sorry. up so early. How yeah. are you even what functioning right now? What did you do until one? Uh, I just couldn't sleep. I've been having a really hard time sleep, oh. falling asleep lately. It's so. not because you're drinking too much coffee. No, Definitely I don't drink not. any caffeine. I haven't drank caffeine. Not since. even soda pops. No, I don't like. I've like tried to stop, like cut out soda. I used huh. to drink it a lot in high school, and then uh, yeah. now I only do it if I have to pull an all nighter, which has not happened since college, which is good. Yay! Well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad for that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it's my turn to go first, you guys. How about this one for a science fact? What if you could protect your country? from terrorists, from drug smugglers, from hijackers and thieves? What if you could do it with your innate natural senses? What if you could keep your fellow citizens safe? This could have all been true if you are a gerbil. <laughs> Whoa. In the 1970s, scientists in Canada were testing different animals to see what they were good at sensing, and gerbils, it turns out, are great at sensing epinephrine, a stimulant and stress hormone that people produce when they're a little bit freaked out. Hmm. And Canadians shared this information with other intelligence agencies. And the British spy organization, MI5, created a protocol for a small little setup that would blow air across a passenger's hands as they're like passing their documents over toward a gerbil cage <laughs> that I think was supposed to be hidden. So they didn't even know it was there. Uh -huh. And then if the gerbil smelled a higher than average level of epinephrine, they'd hit a little lever and flag that person for extra screening. This was never done in Britain, but for a little while, Israeli security forces did do this. They flagged travelers <laughs> using gerbils. Wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I'd like it to was imagine a, a short pilot study that they did to see if they, if it was going to be effective. Were the gerbils hidden? I think that the, that they didn't know the gerbils were there. I like as if it like blew it into like a like a box with a mesh on the side. Just little yeah. squeaks coming out of it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about my box. Yeah. I feel like if you saw the gerbil, you would be less freaked out, and it would ruin the it would ruin it. Yeah, I'm calm be, now. Yeah, I've, cal- I've been calmed by this cute gerbil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that it's not a great way of doing things, though. Why? Oh. Why would you think it might not be great? I feel like people are always stressed out. Because people are always stressed out. When they're out traveling, especially. <laughs> so Speaking from personal experience. <laughs> yeah. so, so people who were, like, afraid of flying, for example, mm-hmm. were the ones who got, like, a lot of false flags. Yeah. And yeah. those people are probably not the ones that you want to, like, put through extra. <laughs> right. Screening. And yeah. It's just like, let's pull out all the people who are having the worst days mm-hmm. and make their day worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just wasn't as, as good as, as other systems. It's sort of like lie detectors that way. Yeah, they're like little little living lie detectors. But like, because dogs can smell certain things yeah. and are used in airports for security. And so it sort of makes sense that you would like try to find other animals that can right. smell other things. Mm-hmm. Right, and the, but the nice thing about a gerbil is one in some ways easier to train mm-hmm. especially for like a one cent yeah. thing second very inexpensive mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're they're basically free yeah. you know you just you just need to purchase gerbil food and I'm sure you need a lot of gerbil gerbils handlers arrive. though you do need a lot of gerbil <laughs> handlers and gerbil teachers yeah. yeah though the question is can you automate teaching a gerbil like you can't mm. really automate teaching a dog mm. but if you got a gerbil and a in a case, you just like puff epinephrine at them and if they hit the thing, you give them a reward. Mm-hmm. You do it over and over again. You could have like a full factory yeah, you could probably do lots of, at once. of gerbil modification. Mm-hmm. Why do gerbils, do, do we know why they sniff epinephrine and can sense that? So this came out as a declassification. So oh. the British M- like MI5 released that they had been looking into this in the 70s and that it came from Canadian researchers. But the Canadian research was, as far as I can tell, never declassified. Uh, So I was not able to figure out anything about uh, how they identified that gerbils were good, epinephrine sniffers. And maybe it's out there and I just couldn't find it. Maybe the Canadians perfected it. And they still classified. Yeah, maybe that's why Canadians are so nice because they've taken all the stressed out Canadians and fed them to the gerbils. (laughs) (laughs) Or they all have a little personal gerbil that sniffs everything, everybody around them so they know who to trust and who not to trust. Or or whenever they're getting stressed out, the gerbil's like, I smelled that you were stressed out and I just wanted to say, like, I think you're doing great. Oh my goodness. That's probably the one. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why Canada's so good. They've all got a personal... De-stressing gerbil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Sarah, Sarah, what do you what do you got for us? I don't know if I can compete with the gerbils, but uh, <laughs> do my best. So the second biggest charitable foundation in the world mm. is the Wellcome Trust. It's known I've for funding science and medical research and things like co-founding the Human Genome Project. So it's like oh. a pretty big deal. Okay. But before it was a foundation, it was a pharmaceutical company called Burroughs Wellcome & Co. founded in London in 1880 by a pair of American pharmacists who were, as far as I can tell, really savvy businessmen who advertised their products to their medical community, um, which makes them sound kind of sleazy, but they also seem to have pretty high ethical standards for the time. So they like actually wanted to make medicine to help people. In 1884, they coined and trademarked the word tabloid to help Ooh. market their pharmaceutical products because their goal was to compress them into smaller forms, mm-hmm. um, which apparently covered like medicine, but also things like tea and first aid kits. 
And that's like weird and cool because mm-hmm. now tabloid is used in journalism to refer to any sort of compressed mm-hmm. uh, thing. And the point of this is, even with their good intentions, one of their popular, I think, tabloid products was called Forced March and contained a mixture of cocaine and caffeine. Ooh, oh. <laughs> and you were supposed to take these tablets once an hour Quote, when undergoing continued mental strain or physical exertion because it reduces your hunger and increases your endurance. And forced march. What a terrible (laughs) team for a product. It's appropriate. It's accurate. Um, And I guess that sounded like the perfect addition to a medical kit for extreme adventures, like um, expeditions to Mm. the South Pole, including Mm. the 1907 expedition that just barely fell short of it. Okay. And a 1910 expedition that ended up kind of tragically. But they like packed these in the official medical kits. And they were just popping these energy pills because old medicine was fucking weird. (laughs) They kill a bunch of explorers. The pills didn't, no. The explorers. If it's once an hour, it had to have been a kind of low dose, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the sustained approach. Yeah, um, like I, I want, I don't want five hour energy. I want one hour energy. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that available? Because like five that's hours, a good, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to be five hours from now. I want to be not energied. Yeah. Then every hour you get to decide: Do I want right. to extend this forced march or not? Yeah. <laughs> do you think we could? Do you think we could be like uh, get super rich right now with one hour energy? Is you that could a just thing drink that? one fifth of your five hour energy drink. I don't think that would work. I think that would give me five hour not very much energy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Isn't that the same as one hour energy because like half lives and whatever. <laughs> branding. <laughs> it's all about branding. It's great. One hour energy. A hey, plus. Um, Thanks, everybody. It's really important to me that you don't question any of my ideas (laughs) (laughs) so these were pills these are pills dissolvable like tablets they're tabloids (laughs) so the the word tabloid comes from the tabs yeah yeah it comes from taking something like medicinal and then compressing it into a very small thing and they advertise they advertise them in little magazines or the tabloid Uh, magazine form came way after the fact that came after the fact where tabloid as they coined it, meant just like a compression of something. Oh, so huh. taking a tea bag, making it smaller, taking a medical kit, turning it into a first aid kit. Oh, okay. Uh, taking a like a, a medicine. That they you were do. distributing a tabloid magazine yes. to advertise their products. Oh. That's what I also what I got. I'm sorry, I explained that poorly. Well, no, I think that that's just a much stranger jump than yeah. that they were advertising. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, why would you call your magazine a tabloid? That it, seems weird. I think the etymology of tabloid, I tried to look this up too. It just came from, so like the proper newspapers were printed on really big paper. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. those were seen as legitimate journalism. And then mm-hmm. the tabloids were compressed versions of newspapers. So they're printed on smaller pieces of paper. Mm. They did more sensational stories. Right. Um, and they And then they... Used a vice to, to into a small pill, and, and then, then you would look at it. it and be like, "I can't read this at all." Now you eat it, and then you absorb <laughs> yeah. the information you know that way. All of the news about soap operas. I can't fit Tasty. that whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> oh, well, you could. All right, God. what do you think, guys? Ooh, I think I gotta give it to the gerbils. Yeah, I get the gerbils. I would give it to the gerbils. They're animals with a job. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it to the gerbils hey, too. I did. Li- I like Forced March a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't compete with gerbils. I love like, that it's called forced why martyrdom. Why would they yeah. name it that? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's that's that it was for a designed purpose. Endurance, no yeah. hunger, yeah. forced march. I guess yeah. so. And now it's time for Ask the Science Couch, where we ask listener questions to our couch of finally honed scientific minds. Really just one at this point. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. this is chemistry. Okay. So, Stefan, you have a question for us. Yeah. Patrick Kelly asks, to what degree does caffeine actually dehydrate you? Hmm. I have heard that caffeine does have a dehydrating effect and that it is less than the liquid you are consuming. So it's not like drinking a cup of coffee dehydrates you. Like, it's not like drinking a cup of salt water, for example. Like, well, if you drink salt water, you're getting less water than you would just not drinking at all. Mm-hmm. When things dehydrate you, is that always because there's sort of a diuretic effect or is there... Usually it's because it's it's kicking your kidneys up a bit and, and putting more of your liquid into your bladder. Okay. Mm. But that's not what's happening with salt water? It is what's happening with salt oh, water. Oh, okay. Makes you pee it out because you got way too much minerals in, in yourself and gotcha. you need to get rid of those minerals. Okay. Whereas caffeine, I think, is a diuretic because of, of its biochemical action that it takes on your body. But you would not, like, die if you only drink coffee because you are t- getting more water in the form of the water in the coffee than the caffeine is causing you to pee out. Is that Am true? I right? That- yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> okay. it. Um, I think— a lot of the conversation around this seems to be confusion about the definition of diuretic and dehydration Ooh, ah. and implications about what those terms mean, mm-hmm. I think. So diuretic is any product that increases your production of urine. Dehydration in its broadest sense is just anything that causes you to lose water. And there's like medically significant dehydration where you're actually, I don't know, dehydrated and you don't have enough water for your body to do all the normal functions. So you get dizzy and everything. And so I think people automatically equate any sort of diuretic with the dangerous level of dehydration Mm -hmm. instead of just like drinking water is technically a diuretic because you have more water in your body and you have to pee it out. So Mm -hmm. like water, if you want to get technical about it, is a diuretic because it's going to make you pee. (laughs) So does coffee, is there something else in coffee that would maybe dehydrate you? Besides water? Um, Yeah. So we think caffeine may inhibit the release of a hormone called vasopressin or antidiuretic hormone, which results in less water reabsorption Mm. by the kidneys. Mm. And so basically it like messes with the kidneys operation of introducing water back into your body so that more gets excreted, if that makes sense. So could you be in trouble if all you drank was coffee? No, there have been studies, and I think a couple scientists point to a 1928 study as causing this misconception. They had three people, so it was a very small sample (laughs) size. They had those three people abstain from caffeine for a little over two months, and then they gave them about half a coffee cup's worth of caffeine. It Mm. was 0.5 milligrams per per kilogram of body mass, and they peed more than they had. Mm. Um, But after four to five days of regular caffeine— they started building up tolerance and like Mm -hmm. peeing a more normal amount. So the discovery was if you don't drink caffeine and then you do all of a sudden, there is a, like you do pee more and you do pee out more water. So like if I started drinking coffee right now, You'd be peeing all the time. Yeah. And from that, people extrapolated like the extremeness of the diuretic effect of coffee. But in other studies, 
Like there have been a bunch of review papers these days and people who study this in more depth with more people, like there's one with 59 participants and they really regularly gave them caffeine pills or placebo Mm -hmm. and they measured a bunch of different factors like their body mass, their urine volume, their color of their pee, uh, a bunch of different (laughs) electrolytes in there. Oh man. Uh, Like they they measured everything you could about pee, it seems like. And found no evidence of dehydration. Of dehydration. Of dehydration. It was like basically the same as water, I think. So no no diuretic effect at all. I don't think so. I'm done with water then. Well, (laughs) water's over. All right. If you want to ask the Science Couch your questions, you can tweet it to us using the hashtag AskSciShow. Thank you to Cephalopod's Rule and Jen Marker and everybody else who tweeted us your questions. Hank Buck, final scores. Let's just uh, get it over with. I won. Uh, Yeah. I got three. You guys all got one. Yeah. It's the damn gerbil fact. Yeah, your gerbils were very good. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. I was very excited when I found my gerbils. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. I was like in bed feverishly typing and I was like, oh, thank goodness. And Catherine was like, what? What? And I was like, I found my fact. <laughs> like, oh, this is what it's like to be married to you, I guess. <laughs> if you like this show and you want to help us out, it's really easy to do that. First, you can leave us a review wherever you listen. Katie didn't and Yona L did. Thank you to them. It's super helpful and lets us know what you like about the show. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from this episode. We want to see them. And finally, if you want to show your love for Tangents, you can just tell people about the show. Thank you for joining us. I have been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Stefan Chin. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. It's produced by all of us and Caitlin Hoffmeister. Our art is by Hiroko Matsushima and our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And we couldn't make any of this stuff without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted. But one more thing. You probably heard of Civic Coffee, the so-called most expensive coffee beans in the world. They go through the digestive system of civets, which are like little cat weasel type animals, and the resulting pooped out beans are supposed to taste really, really good when they're brewed into coffee. So you might think it's kind of weird that people would drink poop coffee, but there was a story in National Geographic that had a kind of interesting possible origin story for the coffee beans. So the Dutch plantation owners who were growing coffee in Indonesia would not let the workers who were picking their coffee drink the coffee, which sucks. So eventually the workers figured out that the civets were eating and pooping out these beans and that they could take and use those to make coffee. And apparently it tasted really good.